Updog fella. Look good, feel good, play good. We got some new Adidas golf swag coming the fella's way. I don't know if any new golf swag would help your game, but, but I love it. Adidas is excited to introduce new offerings within the go-to apparel collection that allows you to bring your style to the golf course. Not the traditional golf uniform. Go-to brings a fresh attitude to the game wherever you play. You'll look good on and off the course while enjoying all the technical benefits that let you play your best. Featuring streetwear-inspired style, the go-to collection rewrites all the rules and encourages you to express your style through every swing. Explore the new go-to collection on adidas.com slash golf. Fella. This is Aaron Volpatti. You're listening to Missing Curfew. Welcome back to a fresh new episode of Missing Curfew Updog, my ah, man. Monday edition. The Monday edition. I hope, uh, I think our fans are liking this. A lot of good feedback yeah. on these, uh, you know, on these quick hit Monday morning. You know what it's like. You're waking up Sunday after football and, you know, you might think have a little bit. how much money you lost. A little bit fog. Or maybe, maybe you had a good weekend, you know. Yeah, I listened maybe to it. I listened to this interview. A couple new kills if you're single. and Knuckles yeah. and Island, man. What a beauty. And Stapes is a beauty too, but they were, Knuckles is great. I listened to a little bit of it. I hate listening to myself interview people, but I battled through it to hear what you did good. And you did good. And I suck. I hate it. Our interview today is with uh, a guy you played with briefly. Um, Mm -hmm. He five year pro played uh, for the Vancouver Canucks and for the Washington Capitals. He has an incredible story. One that was kind of kept, kept in the dark. Only him Mm and a certain few of his friends and family really knew uh, the struggles that he'd been through. But um, an incredible story, uh, a book he's dropped. So for the next 54 days, he'll be on tour, um, pick up the books for a good cause. And, uh, you know, this is just, this is a story of, of pain and, you know, <laughs> looking back at, at making mistakes, right? Like making mistakes, Obi, and, and it could cost you your life ultimately, you know? Yeah. It's uh, it's a crazy interview and it's coming at you right now. Aaron Volpatti. Welcome back to Missing Curfew. Up dog, we got former National Leaguer, now author, guy that I actually met. Uh, we'll get into that with him, my days in Vancouver, but guy that played the game the right way would chuck him. Um, Aaron Volpati, the, the author of The Financial Odds. Thanks for joining us, buddy. Thanks, boys. Thanks for having me. It's good to be here. Yeah. Long time no see. <laughs> I know, right? So we were talking before we came on here that um, your first training camp was my last year with the, with the Canucks, correct? Yeah, yeah. I remember... I don't know if you just gotten dealt, but I remember chatting with you on your way out or something like that after camp. But yeah, well, uh, that's I, too bad you didn't get him for a full a full well, rodeo of a year. We might we might have overlapped a night at the roller at yeah. some point. There. I, <laughs> I knew it was I knew it was too good to be true. I got this sick fucking condo in Yelltown that had a hot tub on the patio. Like oh, I was dude. only in there for about ten days, but I put up upshaw numbers right through training camp, and <laughs> I was just like, I remember Alex Bolduke. Oh, yeah. He was my line mate pretty much my first year. Yeah, I love that guy. I'm like, Duker, I'm out of here 100%. And I remember AV, like, one training, after a few exhibition games, he's like, you know, exhibition games for you veteran guys, I know you need, you know, you like to take your time, but these games are important to you. I'm like, fuck does that mean, AV? Like, <laughs> you know, but um, just speak about that team, man, because when I did get traded, I knew how good, you know, everything we were building there in a the couple of years, losing the Hawks, but going to the finals your first year, just just touch on that. 
Yeah, I mean, talk about a spoiled first year in in the league. Uh, it, I mean, tough roster to crack. So I yeah. started in in Manitoba, and then I think I was up for like two months. And yeah, dude, that machine was just running. I think that's probably. I think a lot of people will say the best team they've ever had for sure. Uh, it was. Uh, yeah, it was such a tight group of guys, and fuck, talk about the depth. Um, and just being a part of that run was. It was fucking crazy, man. It was it was cool. I almost got to play game seven of the finals. Too. No way. Yeah. That's, I remember yeah. AV. AV. I can't remember. Someone was hurt, but AV came in to the black ace room and he looked at me and Duker, Bald Duke, and was like, one of you two guys is going tomorrow. Because like, yeah, fuck, I can't remember who was hurt. <laughs> and I'm like, holy shit, I'm going to play. I'm probably going to play 45 seconds total ice time. But who, gives <laughs> who cares just to be in that atmosphere? Oh man. And then Duker went in. He was a centerman. I think that was probably a big reason why they would last thing they want is me taking a draw in game seven. <laughs> <laughs> man, the city was about to erupt. Our boy Peter Gurgis had everything lined up. I was I was in Hollywood actually with Lupul and Conley watching game seven. I'll be honest, I wasn't cheering for the Canucks because I already went through it once with the Ducks. I'm like, these fuckers win another one and I'm not part like, you know. So I was kind of happy when they lost, but how was the city was that was the one thing I didn't really because that wasn't true Canucks fans, what they did to the city, but you were there. Was it just yeah. chaos or what? Obviously. It was chaos. We got we got shuttled back to our condo with, with the Black Ace crew, and we're all there obviously like, don't fucking go out. Uh yeah. I think everyone I think everyone followed the rules. I, I'm not totally sure, but <laughs> we were a little bit we lived uh at this place called Level. I don't know if you remember that. It was right across yeah. from one of the rippers, too. Yeah. And uh, oh. but we were like a few blocks away from the complete madness. We were more around guys like chucking tear gas back at the, the cops. And it was a little bit comical. But, I know. Uh, yeah, not. I think everyone said those guys came with a plan and it was just going down regardless or whatever. Right. But yeah, you think they uh, was, that was, a clo- was that a close game? Was that over? Was that? No, they kicked the shit no, out. It was four nothing. I yeah. think Timmy Thomas. Tammy, that's all I kept Timmy. saying was Timmy Thomas. Timmy <laughs> you're just, Thomas. Yeah, you're at goal in LA just cheering uh, on Timmy Thomas. I walk into Thomas. goal too and involves, there's, there's Canucks fans in there right away. I'm like, I'm at goal with Connolly and these Canucks fans are like, oh, but yeah, this is the night. I'm like, I'm not cheering for the Canucks. They're like, what? They couldn't, they couldn't <laughs> believe it. I'm like, I'm not on the team anymore. And they beat it. You guys beat us out in the second round in Nashville. So I was like, this yeah, is a yeah. double whammy. This is a double whammy. But um, listen, yeah, buddy, yeah. Let's, let's talk about, you know, you went to Brown University. You know, you come out. And you play the way you do, man. Like, you know, you're, you're weren't the biggest guy in the world, but you came out, you played hard, you fought. Like, how hard was it for you coming from Brown and then being like, all right, this is how I got to play in the NHL? Well, I mean, that's a whole, that's a whole thing with, with my story. Like, I wasn't like you guys. I mean, I, w- I wasn't ever supposed to play fucking pro hockey. I mean, Uppy, I know you were like, you know, from a young age, Obes, I don't know too much about your younger days, but you were like drafted and I think, right. And I was drafted eighth round two fiftieth overall. So I, I know, what you're, I, I, I know <laughs> hey, that counts. That counts. Character not, guy. There's not Character. even eight rounds anymore, but this fucker was sixth overall. So yeah, he, he yeah. knew what was going on. I know Uppy. I remember fucking Uppy's skates were in, in sport check, like branded. <laughs> by, by <laughs> that's hilarious. But, not but anymore. Man, that's like, that was like the farthest thing from my mind at 18, man. Like I, totally. I snuck into junior a as a, uh, as a fighter. So I had that taste early because I had to do that to, to just make it to junior a. And, and, you know, like the NCAA was my NHL. I was, a, I was just a fucking pretty average player, man. And I scored one goal my first year in, in, in junior a and, 
I'm like, yeah, if I can just, you know, get to, get to the NCAA, that was my NHL. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, it got all delayed with this crazy burn injury I went through, um, you know, aside from being a long shot, uh, I had this and that's, and that's where the book really, really, it actually starts with me on fire. And that's crazy. Uh, so, yeah, like, so that, that had happened before you went to Brown university or any of that shit. Oh, yeah. wow. Wow. I didn't, before, I didn't know. It was after my second year in Vernon. Um, so I was almost 20 going into my last year of eligibility. And again, I'm like, I'm just trying to get it. Maybe it's div three. Like that was what I was trying to do. I wasn't thinking about pro hockey. Yeah. Uh, and I'm like, I hadn't talked to one NCAA scout yet. So I'm like, if I can just add a few more layers to the game. I mean, I was doing the hitting and fighting thing. Um, so to go back to your question, I mean, I had a taste of that for, yeah, for so my junior when you were, when you were Because I had to be that. Yeah. So in Vernon, you were chucking them. So you, oh, yeah. you knew. Oh, so you know what you're. Okay. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So you know what you were doing coming out of the. Out if you're coming, of, out, if you're do, coming out of junior A <laughs> hockey, you're fucking chucking. Yeah, them, no, man. I remember when Especially, you came. When you came in the league, right? Every guy that fights, you're like, all right, who's this full potty guy? And I knew you're from from camp in Vancouver, but I'm like, all right, this fucking guy gets in there and just chucks him. It's like you know, you you you, you get noticed. You're like, and then I'm like, where do you play? I'm like, I didn't go back to Vernon. I'm like, oh, Brown University. How tough can this fucker be, right? He's an Ivy Leaguer. Harry Zollerchuck <laughs> went to Brown University. Z, I know, oh, yeah. I know Z can't chuck him, but like I always appreciated guys that just went out there and had to do it. But you had to do that in junior, same as me when we first started out, man. Yeah, no, exactly. And that's where it came from. I mean, you take a high hiatus at, at uh, those four years at college, but it, it never truly goes away. You shake the rust off first couple of pro fights and you're kind of back in it. But again, like I had to do that. Yeah. Uh, and fucking Harry Z. We called him Flea. He just fucking buzzes around oh. at all times. And bum, 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 he bum, was bum, I, I loved having him on my team in San Diego, but I used to tell him, I'm like, if I ever played now that I know you, you're oh, lucky. Yeah. But if I would have played against you and I didn't know you, I would have fucking wanted to kill you. Because oh, <laughs> yeah. he chir- he's a good chirper too, eh? Like he's chirping, he's buzzing around, he's slashing. Chirp me. And I think I told you before we hopped on, I broke the penalty me- penalty record uh at Brown penalty minutes record. And, but I just, I just, you know, beat it by a few minutes into my last game. The I, the ref actually gave me a 10 on purpose so I could do it. That's nice. Funny, no, that's nice. Story. That's class. You are, you are in that. You, I need a 10. Give me yeah. a 10. All right. Everyone. He's like, he, he's like, you got to say something. So I just kind of beat that him and he threw the hands on the hips, but then Harry, sucker. <laughs> Harry Z the next year, fuck absolutely shattered it. Like it wasn't even close and he doesn't, you know, He's probably just he didn't do it the right way. Yeah, he didn't do it the right way. I would say yours were more probably roughing, tripping, charging, and and Z's were slashing, hooking, spearing, spitting on somebody or something. (laughs) um, I I love that guy, man. He's one of my favorites. So um, let's start with the book, man. Like, how much do you want to talk about the actual fire? I mean, you know, I read up on you this week heading into this interview. Like, it's it's crazy story. Yeah, man. We, I mean, I lay it all out there in the book. So I, I think again, that's a big part of it was just really being comfortable open up and finally telling it more to, I mean, I did it to help people. I'm like, I can like help some people with this, you know? And uh, yeah, well, we can go right back. I mean, so I was 19 years old and I mean, I'll, I'll preface it with like, I was a fucking idiot as a kid. We all were uh, like, like we all were, right. Yeah, we think all you're were. invincible and uh, like to have a good time. And uh yeah, we were we were camping. We did our week long bender like we always did, right? I don't think the kids are doing that anymore. Maybe they are. I don't know. <laughs> we could hope they are. We uh, could hope they are. Good or bush, maybe video, just a good bush party. Tournament. Yeah, 
I mean, fuck, where I grew up, it was it was a good camp and bush bush party weekend. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Fort Murphy. Yeah, you do the couple nights on uh, on the town, and then yeah. and then yeah, we'd go into the bush. And so the year before, I was like, I was I was a pyro, so I was the guy that was always again just doing the stupid shit. They hey, Patty jump, I'd say how high and take it a, a step further, right? And so the year before, I was making my spin on like Molotov cocktails. Jesus, and I would I would chug a beer bottle fill it up with gas and i'd put the lid on and i'd make like a little nest in the fire and yell at everyone to get back because the glass would explode right and I'd, I'd set it in there and you know a minute or so would go by and the flame the, it would start to bellow out and then it would be like a flamethrower you know 30 feet in the air so again not smart but it was pretty cool while it lasted yeah yeah, yeah. and so the next year they're like hey patty you gonna do your your pyro show and i was like fuck yeah and i'm thinking okay how can i make this bigger and better and i thought well more gas right and so more, i did the same more gas thing on with, the fire more gas i on did the, fire. the same thing so i with a colt 45 and i filled that with gas and then i grabbed an empty wine bottle so now i got a liter and a half of gas in my sweater pocket you know like the kangaroo pouch or whatever yeah and I had done like a bunch of my, I call them regular ones with the beer bottles. And I'm kind of like walking around the party finale and I'm like telling everyone to get back and I'm going to, I'm going to put these big bastards in there. And uh, next thing you know, I'm soaking wet. So the bottoms had hit. And so now I got a liter and a half of gas on me and I'm shit faced, but I know that there's a fire there and I'm, got all this gas on me. I just didn't respect the dangers of, you know, the vapors, especially. So I was just a walking bomb. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and I, I, I don't know how long, five minutes went by and I'm like, I just, I got to get this sweater off. I fucking stink like gas. And, uh, I thought what I kept, you know, a safe distance from the fire. And I, I threw my sweater off and I tossed it and kind of gave the ground a little kick. And it was just like, <sighs> I, I blew up, man. Wow. Nuts. Yeah, and that's how it that's how it all started. So that's that's something, you know, you A, you were lucky to talk to you and you're lucky to to be here with us and you're lucky to have an NHL career after that. But, you know, my my one of my brother's best friends, Bryce, uh, I grew up in Fort McMurray. Um yeah. he works at Syncrude. He was involved in a in a explosion that burnt 85% of his body, third, oh, second degree burns, crazy. Um, yeah. li- still lives to tell the story, still lives to golf, and and but he's lucky to be alive. And the burn, it's it's yeah, the worst thing on the planet to me is fi- is fire injuries. So, yeah, I guess that this, you know, when you when you think about writing your book and telling your story, and you're bringing people back to this experience, what like mentally did the struggle of the rehab and yeah, that's and, what- and, and and the mental part of this. Now, to, does it make you a stronger person to tell the story? Is it is it trying to teach kids the safety of of being around fire? I guess the whole thing now coming full circle. Do you feel like this was a calling for you to help tell a story, to help younger people out, to help like the struggles of mental health and all this stuff? Is it you? You seem like you're totally right now in a good space to talk about all this, right? And you have a story. Oh yeah, to tell. yeah. It was it was super therapeutic for sure. The the writing part yeah. of the journey. Um, but I mean, I really wrote this to give people an idea of, you know, what's truly capable and the power of the mind. So 
I mean, fast forward, I end up in the burn unit. The fat, the first few days are pretty foggy. I don't remember a lot. And I just, I remember the first conversation I had with a doctor. I'm, I'm wrapped like a mummy. I can't move. I got little eye slits and and whatever, like full body wrapped. And I remember just mumbling to the doctor, you know, in, in my head, I'm like, I camp in four months or whatever. And I remember asking him, cause again, I was chasing that, that scholarship. That's what, that was my NHL. Right. And, and I remember asking him about camp and he's like, he just froze and I'll never forget the look on his face. And, you know, it was like this poor fucking kid thinks he's going to play hockey in, in four months. And similar to, you said your, your yeah, brother's my, friend my or, brother's best friend growing up. Yeah. Price, yeah. So he's like, and I was 40% third and second. So, um, you know, not quite as life threatening, I guess you could say, but he's like, these recoveries take years, not, not months. He's yeah. like, you're going to be in here a long time. This is going to be a long road. You're going to make a full recovery. Your face isn't going to be, you know, scarred and we're not going to have to go over your joints, which is a positive thing, but you're going to have a lot of grafting done. You're going to be in here a while. And so my career was over right then, you know, it was over. And I had this moment a couple of weeks into my stay that changed all of that. Um, and that's where this, like, so for visualization for me, like, that's what I teach now. And I teach athletes that because that fucking, like, forget about performance in hockey. That got me out of the hospital and back to playing hockey when, like, I, I was never supposed to play hockey again. And so I really, un, you know, unearthed this, this superpower with visualization in the hospital. And I got out of that hospital earlier because of that. And fuck, the road was not easy, man. Like, talk about the pain and recovery and, yeah. I had kidney stones. I had an appendectomy. They had to cut through my skin graft like a week before our training camp that year. And I could barely walk. I was coming to the ring. This is when you could get shot up with every painkiller you wanted. So I was on Toradol and cortisone just so I could play and, and get that scholarship. And when I did, I, I, I hung them up the next day and I stopped and went back to rehab, but uh, <clears throat> it was, a, it was a crazy ride, man. So a lot of it again is just, if I can, you know, a open up, you know, the power of the mind to people. And if I can make a difference in one person's life and to not give up on the dream, like, fuck, trust me, I wanted to give up every day Yeah, I bet. with, with that grind. And, and I didn't. And, and then I ended up making it to the NHL, man. I was never supposed to play in the NHL. So it's, it's really about that whole journey and, and life after hockey, which for me was, was a fucking grind, man. Just, yeah. You know, you guys have this, right? And it's, you need something, right? For sure. No, you, you do. So, it's, it's hard. And I went through it. You know, I retired after Europe and LP was still playing and, and Loops, other boys all over the planet. And I was single and, and didn't have much going on. Like I had a weekly radio show for 15 minutes a day. Like I was looking forward to taking the fucking garbage out. So I felt like I did something, but you know, right. that's where I was at. Yeah, but man. if we can go back, if you don't mind, I'm just like, I got, I just wrote down like pain because we've all been through pain with hockey and you know, this and that, but I know you said you were obviously drunk that night, but do you, do you remember like what it felt like? like I, I can't, like I fucking burned my hand on the barbecue. I'm fucking in one for two days. You know what I mean? Like, seriously, like, do you remember what it felt yeah. like? And how, how long till they got you out of there to the hospital? Like, if you don't mind going back to that, I'm just trying to process it from a guy yeah, who's yeah. been at those parties, you know, trying to get a ride home. Like how the fuck did it, did it work out for you? Yeah. So it was a, it was like an out of body experience. It, I remember being, 
like obviously in a huge there was a huge sense of panic yeah and unfortunately the worst thing i did was i just fucking ran because i think that fight or flight kicked in and i just bolted and i was fucking fast so no one could catch me and there's no grass there's no water there's no snow it's just dirt and i just like i couldn't put a you can't put out a gas fire without smothering it right i know so i'm like rolling around i'm beating myself and it, it wouldn't go out and there's like i burnt there's nothing left of my clothes the guys finally tackled me and i just remember i was so i was in no pain through all of that like there's just so much shock pain. yeah 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 so much shock right i just remember feeling like very warm and and in a lot of panic but I, I tell people this like there was this really odd eerie calmness to the whole thing and I, I feel like that's what death feels like, you know, no pain yeah, and just, you know, just this calmness, this peacefulness to it in a weird fucked up way. Yeah. And, uh, and that's when I got tackled from behind. They finally tackled me down and put it out. And I just remember sitting on this cooler and I'm ass naked and I'm all fucked up. And I remember people were crying. People like, you, I mean, you want to talk about the smell. That was the worst yeah. thing. It was fucking brutal, man. And so I, people were like covering their nose and crying and like yelling, like we got to get him to a hospital. Right. And we didn't, so we didn't have service. We were out camping in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. Like, fuck. so there's, there's no service. And one, so one of the guy's girlfriends wasn't drinking. They put me in the car. They hand me a cooler full of ice. Thank God. Cause that saved my right arm and hand, uh, which I didn't find out until later. Uh, and then the ride was 30 minutes long and about 10 minutes in that shark's shock started wearing off. And dude, yeah, you want to talk about pain I've had. I mean, I retired because of my spinal fusion surgery, had a bunch of other surgeries throughout hockey and, you know, stitches and all that, like this just, it dwarfs all of that. And yeah, I like I was blacking out on the car ride there and I didn't, I think they were like, is this guy going to die? And, you know, it was, yeah. it was pretty ugly. It was pretty grim. And then I ran into the hospital ass naked <laughs> at whatever time, like picture the picture, a hospital emergency room at, at two o'clock, right. In the morning, you got, you got your, your guy that got his shit kicked out of him <laughs> yeah. at the bar. He needs some zippers. Yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe you're screaming baby and a guy that has some chest pain. And then in runs this fucking guy. <laughs> He's like screaming and dirty and bleeding and, and, burnt Burnt. to a crisp and then and then they must have hit me with something and i don't and then that's when i yeah i I was black and then woke up in vancouver a few days later so like obviously you know your friends and family knew about it but like so you go to brown does anyone know about it like even when you made the nhl or you you went to the the canucks camp or like did anyone know the battles that you've been through or you didn't want anyone to know about that no no one did i mean as far as every everyone is concerned I, i got burnt and and made a recovery really yeah i i mean i i was pretty gnarly looking my first year at brown so i had to wear a full body suit for two years um which up you yeah his, your brother, yeah he'll yeah. he'll remember that for scarring you have to wear it for scarring so it's like it's like under armor times 100 it's like really really tight and if i would take those off the scars would like within five ten minutes be like half an inch thick and rock hard um so if you didn't wear them you'd get off you'd be fucked and there'd be no range of motion there, which is already limited. And uh, so 
people obviously saw me. Yeah. I mean, the best reactions were in the showers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Every team, you know, you, even when I'd bounce, go to Vancouver, go to Washington, it was, you kind of just be like, those are, or I, I would just fuck with people and tell them something else. To yeah. <laughs> yeah. You get some pretty good looks uh, for, for those reasons, but. Yeah, I see no, some again. I see some things in the showers that were worse than burn marks, by the way. Like, hey fella, what do you got going there, bud? Yeah, I don't well, unfortunately. Holy I got fuck, noticed, what do you got no, on there, bud? No, noticed in what the shower the for, fuck for other is that? Who the fuck did you bang last night? No, <laughs> no but sorry about that. Yeah, you know, I mean I, I never showered with you through training camp, so I didn't even but the fact that like I'm trying to think back to training camp when you were there, like yeah, you were a young guy, I was a veteran guy, but we never even heard anything about it either. Like, not even like, hey, did you, did you see a patty in the shower or anything like that? Like, that's why when I heard this story, I was blown away by it. Yeah. Again, the only people that really knew were my mom and dad and my teammates that year in Vernon, probably, that I was, again, like that next year when I tried to make a recovery and fucking play. I mean, if if you would have seen what I look like under my gear, you would have been like, holy, what the fuck is this guy doing? Yeah. Um, it was pretty, it was pretty gnarly. So, so it didn't yeah. hurt. It didn't hurt though. When you were sweating out there playing, like, how was it when you're, you're like, how did it? No, it, was it, it did. Th those grass were pretty fresh. So anytime I got like a puck or a stick or my <sighs> stomach was pretty covered by my pants, but all the inside of my legs were grafted. So we had to like kind of doctor at my pants, which, sucks for range of motion right but i mean if i got hit there i'd be i'd be crippled and then the other issue was i had a bunch of open second degree burns still right so the, the skin grafts were the third degree areas uh which which are covered and then they heal faster throughout that that surgery but the second degree areas just fuck they just wouldn't close and i mean being in hockey gear didn't didn't help that but yeah so like uh, what what did the doctors so when you say, "Hey, Doc, listen, I'm I got I'm going to Brown University. I got a scholarship." Were they like, you know, Aaron, maybe you know, take a year off here, or was there like, what was the risk of you playing? Like you knew you were going to be okay. You just had to put through the pain, kind of thing. Right. I couldn't make the burns any yeah, worse. Okay, okay, it was okay. it was the it was the risk of infection that was the big one. I bet. So, but you but you guys know, like, this is 20 years ago. Back then, you made the call if you played, not the doctor. Concussions, whatever it was. Yeah, you made the call. How do you feel? I feel great, but in your head, you're like, I don't even remember what happened two minutes ago. It's yeah. like, so it's the same. You, I, mean, I mean, you talk I, about you talk about infection. Sorry to cut you off there. Do you remember Zen and uh, Kanopka? Yeah, yeah. So Z blocks a shot in the first round against Milwaukee, and this fucking thing explodes, and we're riding the bus after the game and back and forth, and then we next go we to go play Chicago, and before game six of Chicago, I look at this thing and I'm like, you, there's no way you can fucking play. Like I, and I, I'm no doctor. I'm like, that fucking thing's effective. <laughs> He's like, I'm playing. I don't give a fuck. He plays the next day. He goes to the see the team doc. They Stop. rush him to the hospital. Yeah. Like two more days. They would have had to cut the fucking leg off. Like it was, you know, like, but like <laughs> you really said, did. like maybe not yeah. that far, but I, I know he missed a year at Bender that killed him. Right. Went and saw him in the hospital, had a couple beers with him, but your, <laughs> I po didn't know that. your point funny. being is when we played, get out there. Yeah, it was just different, right? Yeah. And I mean, I think today there would they would have been like, we can't let you play, probably. Yeah, right. Um, they would have been like, you got to wait a year till you can get. Out I mean, there the doctors were right. I shouldn't. It took me two years to fully recover, and then I just yeah, I mixed in some hockey in the meantime. But once I got that scholarship, they came out to watch me, and I was holding on by a thread. I wouldn't have made it the whole season. Yeah. Uh, so when they 
they watched me. Then they offered me a few weeks later. And again, I was getting shot up with everything just so I could play. And I'm on crutches because of these burns. I like, I could barely fucking walk. So everyone at Brown and in Vernon were just like, okay, you give yourself some permission to. So I took the next, yeah, basically till the next season, almost a year and and did my rehab and, and worked on getting back. It's crazy. crazy. I can't even like so so getting crazy, yeah bro. getting to your getting to your book. It was available October twenty fifth last week. Uh, you wore number fifty four, solid number. It sounds like a training camp number to me. <laughs> <laughs> Total training camp number. I think. I mean, it just worked, right? So yeah, like, yeah. So as soon as I trade, as soon as I switched that, I went on waivers. So <laughs> yeah, you're like, just give me the goddamn number. <laughs> all right, we're fifty four right. boys. I'm sorry, give it back to me. Give it back to me. Um, so for the next yeah. fifty four days, you're promoting the hell out of this book for a great cause. You got the Vancouver. Is it the burn? Could you just share a little bit about this next uh, couple months for you? Because it seems like you got uh, you're on the road a little bit. Yeah, a little bit of a North American book tour. I'm basically hitting everywhere I played. Right, so. Yeah, for 54 days, which was, like you said, my number, we're doing 40%. And that comes from that that 40% second, third degree burns. And that 40% of the profits are going to the burn fund. So the BC burn fund. Uh, it's It was a chance for me to give back. And that yeah, was a big course. part of writing this book too. Again, like I can, I can make a difference with this thing and help some people, right? So uh, yeah, and then we're, I was just in Revelstoke, my hometown last weekend. We're in Vernon this weekend. Then I go out east to DC next week, and then we're in Van the middle uh, middle of November seventeenth, eighteenth, nineteenth. So nice little that's, uh, little. That's a good little little trip. book promotion over that's at the roller little, little, little at the Roxy. Hey, eh? we got to dial that yeah, in. I might have to slide oh, up. Yeah. I might have to slide <laughs> up for that one. Fire me the dates there. I mean, I'll meet you up there. Yeah, man, that'd be good. And it says you're life coach now. Like you know, obviously you. Everything you just went through, I'm still processing it. So give me a second. But you talk about just just everything with people. Like we brought up mental. You know, we lost a guy. Guy you play with Rick Rippin. You know, I lost Ripper. Um, You know, is it anything? Like if we have some people listening, if they want to reach out, you talk about anything, or what's the one on stuff you do? No, so it's not life coach per se. It's so I teach visualization to athletes. Okay. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's it's made such like I said a huge. It's what got me out of the hospital. Right. As soon as I got that call from Brown University, I was in the hospital and I'm like, well, fuck, I, I can't move. This is all I have. And I just started visualizing every day, like where I wanted to go. And uh, and then and it worked. And then I was like, holy shit. And then I developed this practice. And I mean, it, it saved my life after retirement, you know, just yeah. with all the shit I was going through. And so then I developed this program through writing this book and just. Yeah, just develop some programs to to teach athletes visualization. You hey, know? so you know, when, when you're doing the visualization, visualization, uh, I can't even say the fucking word, a little coach it. But <laughs> uh, is there a lot, is there a lot of breathing that goes on with that too? Because me, like, yeah. I've noticed, you know, just I started using this Calm app when I sleep, and sometimes when I'm just chilling, and I'll do like a 10 minute thing of of breathing, you know, and then all of a sudden yeah. I'm just like I'm way more relaxed, and and I don't know, is is, is breathing part of it too? Yeah, I do like a similar idea to box breathing. Uh, I don't know if you guys find this, but I feel like I just sleep less as I get older, right? And little shit like this can make a big, big difference. So it's what the breathing's, yeah. the breathing's one for sure. And even going into a game, you know, start whether it's meditation, visualization, 
whatever, if you start that with some breathing, right. Yeah. Uh, and continue it through, it makes a huge difference. Yeah. I wish I would have done more of that when I yeah. played and like, I don't know, I was the mentality of, I don't know, let's get to the rank. We'll warm up, throw a hot pack on coffee. Let's go win this fucker and yeah. <laughs> go chop some beers and get after it. But like, yeah, I just think breathing and it's something I wish I would have, you know, had more in my game. You talk about sleeping. Like I had <laughs> a bad, used a little I had a bad habit. <laughs> I could have used some more sleep too, but um, yeah. it's changed my sleep pattern. That's why I did it. I, you know, I was, I've been run down for months and I'm like, fuck, what's going on here? And I started breathing. And, and, and now when I go to bed, I listen to this girl that comes on and talks to me and like, she'll be like, breathe, get into your mattress. It's, it's, it's kind of crazy. You just, it's you just need of, a girl whispering in your ear. Yeah, lay, bed. lay back, or, Shane. Or just, or, let me take or, care or, of you. Or I just rub one out and I'm like, fuck, let's go old school and rub one out here, boys. But anyway, okay, Shane, go down, <laughs> unbuckle your buckle. Put your I'm ankles you behind a, your head, Shane. <laughs> I can't. Die. Oh, that's funny. That's, anyways, I think breathing is important, is what I'm saying, boys. So, hey, for the fellas out there, keep breathing. Keep oh, breathing. That's good. Keep breathing, boys. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh. Volves, man, we appreciate you taking the time doing this, man. Um, unbelievable story. Man, yeah, I, I don't know what else to say. Yeah, right no, so so I guess you got a you got a website, it's your name, Aaron Volpati at dot com. Um, and then you know, all our listeners, you can jump in, buy a book, it's for a great cause. Uh yeah. Proud of you, man. Proud of you. That's great. Yeah. Writing a book is no joke. I've had some friends do it, man. It's it's no joke, but it's yeah, it uh, a lot of work, but it's yeah, yeah rewarding for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, Good for Cheers, you, man. Good for you, buddy. Appreciate Thank you coming yeah, on. Thanks for having me on, boys. Take care. Welcome back to Mr. Curfew. Wow, ups. I mean, thanks to Aaron for coming on. I got to know him a little bit. Very, very little at Canucks training camp. It was his first year. I was a veteran guy. You know how that is. You don't really see them, but always knew who he was, the way he played, and but man, that story—I mean, it blew me away. Yeah, I didn't even really know what to say. It like, definitely took, yeah, yeah, it definitely took you by, you know. I, I don't see you get flustered. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Yeah. You're, I like, you know, you're always pretty, you know, pretty even keel. And I could tell, like, holy shit, this is crazy, right? And, um, you know, a guy that feels like I don't know him, but I feel like he's, you know, one of the boys. Like, right? Good guy. Yeah. Um, incredible story. Reminded me when he was talking about it about my brother's, you know, buddy, and I talked about this Bryce Barker who. Um, work accident at Syncrude back in, in Fort Mac fucking, you know, boom, explosion and burnt fuck his whole body. And when he talks about the, the suit he wore, like I went up and golf with Bryce a couple of summers ago and he still wears the suit. Like he still wears that skin tight. He does. Yeah. Yeah. And he's lucky cause he's got kids and you know, he's <clears throat> married and he still works and he's still, you know, it's crazy, but yeah. You know, this is, uh, we're humans, man. We're vulnerable and mistakes around fires and fucking, it's crazy. So, I mean, it kind of hit home too, because I'm from a small town, much like yourself. And like, that's what we would do in the summertime. We'd go out for a camp, you know, camp out, have camp a fire. Fest, yeah. like, and I was just trying to like process, like if one of my buddies would have been up in smoke and like, yeah, there's cars there and we could, but we're fucking an hour from any hospital and like no supply. Like, what the fuck do you do? Like your buddy's just like you know, burnt to a crisp. So it, it kind of hit home for me. And like when he was telling like, you know, where he had two big wine bottles full of fucking gasoline, I was like, yeah, it's bad. That's Nothing's where gonna do, maybe man. someone should have stepped in and been fella. <laughs> That's probably yeah. not a great idea, but we were young. We did dumb things, yeah. we, you know, jumped in cars with guys drunk and did this and that and thought, fuck, nothing was going to happen. And I know. Crazy, so crazy story. Uh, yeah. Uh, hopefully you guys like that. And uh, the power of, of visualization, which, which he touches on and, um, and him, you know, using that to become a pro, get a scholarship at Brown. Um, yeah. That was another thing that I took yeah. out of it. Like 
he just wanted to, <clears throat> to get to, to a university scholarship. That was his NHL. Like, he never expected anything else. And once he got that, hung up the blades for a bit. But the visualization stuff, and we were joking about the breathing. But, yeah, man, it's if you're out there and you're struggling with sleeping or anything, like, just take some time to, you know, have a breather. Rub one out. No, I'm just saying, but breathing's unbelievable for you. I'm like, you, you, do you do it? Do you have time it, to breathe? Or? Yeah, yeah, I was a terrible breather when I played. That's why my shifts were so short. Um, but even, you know, you're trying to fucking get a load off. It's all about the, it's all about the breathing. It's about the breathing. Bigger, how's your breathing technology, bro? What, what's going on? Like, you know. Not great. No. I'm not the best breather. I'll admit, I'm, an, I'm a mouth breather, so I leave my mouth open at all times for the most part. I'm a mouth breather, too. Chap lips. I thought you might be a good Because your nose is so fucked up from, you know, get it broken. Yeah. I can hold my breath, like, underwater for a while, but... Let's test that. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, up, yeah, I was blown away. Um, check out his book, Up Dog, Where Can the Fellows Grab It? This is, uh, yeah, so, listeners, it's, it's book's called... F- Fighter defying the NHL odds. Uh, it was available last week. Um, you can check it out at his website, www.aaronvolpatti. It's A-A-R-O-N-V-O-L-P-A-T-T-I.com. Um, and he'll be on tour. He's, you know, if you're in the Vancouver or inner BC area, um, check out his website and stop by, um, you know, proud. Uh, we're proud of this guy. So, Thanks for coming on, Volps, and uh, I was missing curfew. Voila. So I collapse, I'm spilling these raps long as you fill them to the day that I drop. You'll never say that I'm not killing them. Cause when I